everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 10th of July, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with my colleague Bernadette Anderko, and then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pochinci, our head of technical analysis, to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. But first up is Bernadette. Good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Helen. So let's start by looking at what happened on Friday then. I see that European markets had a positive day with the main indices closing higher, apart from the UK and Switzerland. What about in the US? How did markets there close after the all-important non-farm payrolls number that we got? Yeah, well, um, Helen, on Friday, uh, US markets closed lower, I'm afraid, on fears that the US Federal Reserve will go ahead uh, with a rate hike this month. All three major indices fell on Friday. Um, And just in case you missed the data, the Labour Department's June jobs report showed that payrolls increased less than expected, um, cooling down from May. The non-farm payrolls actually rose by 209,000 and the unemployment rate came in at 3.6%. Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average saw the largest loss of uh, 0.55%, while the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ Composite were marginally lower at the end of the trading day, both closed uh, less than half a percent down. But all three major indices posted losses on the week um, as a result of this data. So the S&P 500 pulled back 1.16% on the week, while the NASDAQ Composite and the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 0.92% and 1.96% respectively. And in Asia so far today, what are the markets doing there? Well, we had uh, China's consumer price index coming out this morning. That was flat in June, year on year. It's its lowest level since February 2021. Uh, Producer prices fell 5.4% year on year, which is the ninth straight decline. Um, the fastest rate since December 2015. The inflation data definitely underwhelmed market expectations, and it seems to be offering fresh evidence that uh, China's economy may require more muscular policy support to sustain the country's recovery from its uh, strict zero COVID curbs uh, late last year. Um, These faltering prices are likely to heighten market expectations for a more meaningful slew of policy measures from a Politburo meeting which takes place later this month when the Communist Party's uh, top leaders traditionally review the country's economic performance in the first half of the year. And that's going to happen after China's second quarter economic growth data, along with a slew of other monthly data points for industrial production, employment, retail sales and uh, fixed asset investment. And that's going to be released on July the 17th. Um, And in terms of the Asian markets, well, uh, the Nikkei was uh, off just over 0.6% when I last looked, but both the Hansing and CSI 300 were up almost half a percent. And elsewhere, anything else to highlight in currencies maybe? Yeah, uh, not a lot, but the dollar edged higher against all of its group of 10 currencies. Uh, The yen fell 0.5% and uh, Japanese stocks uh, led losses, as I said earlier. Treasury yields little changed. The two year remaining, this is the US Treasury, obviously, the two year remaining below 5% and the 10 year just above 4%. Oil edged lower this morning after two consecutive weekly increases, um, but uh, gold steadied. And in other news, I saw Ant Group was in the headlines on Friday and Alibaba, which owns around a 33% stake in Ant Group, their Hong Kong listed shares are up 3% today. Can you fill us in on a few details here? Yeah, I can certainly try. Um, As you said, Helen, the Alibaba's Hong Kong listed shares rose 3% this morning. And this is amid hopes that this years long scrutiny of its financial arm Ant Group is actually coming to an end. 
Um, and in case anyone missed it, on Friday, Chinese regulators issued a 7.12 billion yuan, that's a $985 million fine for Ant Group, which sounds like bad news, but it could mark the end of Beijing's crackdown on its domestic tech companies. So Chinese regulators also said on Friday that most of the outstanding problems associated with the financial businesses of platform companies have been resolved um, and that the domestic tech industry will see normalised uh, supervision. Um, in other news, uh, just to fill you in, meanwhile, US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has also been in China. She concluded her visit to Beijing. In 10 hours of meetings on Friday and Saturday, uh, Janet Yellen said that she sought to convince China's newly installed economic team that the US is not bent on seeking economic advantage against the country. She said that the talks were direct and productive and have put bilateral ties on a surer footing. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is arriving in the UK. He's on his way to the NATO summit in Lithuania. He's going to meet both the UK Prime Minister for the fifth time in five months and the King, with whom he's expected to discuss climate matters. And of course, uh, the earnings season kicks off this week. So we've got the big banks in the US kicking us off on the second quarter earnings results. OK, and what have we got coming up data wise today? Yeah, well, it's a big inflation data week in the US. Um, and this week's inflation data there obviously follows a rate hike pause um, at the June Federal Open Markets Committee meeting. We've got consumer price index report actually not, not due out today, but due out on Wednesday. And that will be followed by the central bank's preferred gauge of wholesale price pressures, which is the producer price index on Thursday. And there's lots of other announcements slated to take place this week. But the key one, in my opinion, would be uh, Eurozone industrial production on Thursday. And just uh, to finish off then, looking ahead at markets today? Yeah, well, when I last looked, uh, European shares were headed for a broadly flat and maybe slightly positive open as traders ponder the Fed's rate path and this outlook for the China tech sector. Uh, that's it from me, Helen. I wish you and our listeners a very good week. Very good. Thank you very much, Bernadette, for wrapping up the latest news for us this morning. Now, Menzor, thanks for joining us today as well. Good morning, first of all. Good morning, Helen. So markets had been doing pretty well, but they hit a bit of a blip last week. What are your latest thoughts, Menzel, from a technical perspective? Let's talk about the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq first. Well, I mean, in the S&P 500, basically, we have a short-term consolidation here around 4,400. The index is facing major resistance at 4,500, which would probably mark the last major resistance before moving to a new all-time high. So basically nothing has happened there, still in a very healthy uptrend. The uh, overall market is gaining market breadth. The Nasdaq 100, um, uh, very similar. So we see here a typical bull market behavior. What does this mean? So this means that the index basically peaked at the uh, mid of June with an overbought reading in momentum. And um, as it happens in bull markets, in, contra or in, uh, in contrast to intuition, the market does not correct, but just moves sideways. So by moving sideways, it removes its overbought reading. And basically, it indicates that investors are not willing to sell, but are rather accumulating shares. So this indicates to us that the uptrend is intact and uh, probably we will, the index will try to move uh, higher in uh, in the second half uh, of uh, of the month. And what about the Nasdaq? Yes, this was the Nasdaq. I mean, uh, on the Nasdaq, basically, uh, as I said before, uh, when you look at the Nasdaq 100, basically we can see that the index was overbought in uh, mid uh, June. And typical bull market behavior: when a market is overbought, it does not correct, but it moves sideways. And this is what what has happened to the Nasdaq 100. So the index is basically ready in the next uh, one or two weeks to attempt 
to rise here above the June highs and we think the uptrend here should resume. Okay, and I also want to ask you about India. I know our analysts like India from a fundamental research perspective, but what about you, Menzo? What are the charts showing us about India? Yes, uh, India, maybe you remember, had um, a very steep correction in uh, uh, after the peak in November, so the index there declined almost uh, 15%. And interestingly, uh, basically prices are back where they were in September. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we think it is important to look uh, at these emerging markets when you look at them currency adjusted. So when we look on a currency adjusted basis, we still think that there are better opportunities in the U.S. equity market. Because in dollar terms, basically the Indian equity market is still trading here 13% below its highs of uh, October of 2021. And we've seen bond yields going up recently. What are your thoughts there? Perhaps you could comment on the US 10-year Treasury yield. Where do you think it'll go from here? Yes, so there is a big change there. So uh, US Treasury yields basically had been uh, trading here in very lackluster uh, trading range. Then they moved above key short-term resistance at uh, 390. And now they're challenging basically their highs of February. So we have changed our rating to neutral, expecting more trading range uh movement um and here i have to admit or we have to admit that we have here a bit of conflicting signals between our time frames so in the short term we think uh, there is a bit more uh upside potential but when we look at the medium to long-term pictures then we still think it's a long-term top so what is important now in the next one or two weeks is the level of 410 so the level of 410 is the highs which we saw in um, early march so if this would be broken on the 10-year yield I'm talking about here, then basically one would have to assume that we are going to retest the October highs around 434. So for the time being, we expect here some further consolidation, and it will be very important to see how the market reacts around this key resistance of 410, if it can manage to move above it or if it, uh, if it rejects it uh, with a strong move on the downside. For the time being, we would expect here some further sideways movement in U.S. 10-year Treasury yields. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Menzel, for sharing your thoughts. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning, and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe, and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.